The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Listener, do you believe in the absolute power of the Holy Spirit? 602-292-2982. Send me a text. Answer that question, please. Now, before you do send the text, I want to encourage you to seriously consider what I just asked you. Do you believe in the absolute power of the Holy Spirit? Now, the next thing you need to review very quickly is where is that power? Where is the Holy Spirit? I have bad news for you. Anyone who is not indwelt, born again by the life of Jesus Christ, you cannot answer that question honestly. Only born-again, true indwelt believers are given the understanding and answers, if we want to put it that way. Only the Holy Spirit can give those answers to a human mind to be able to answer questions like that that are not simply canned spiritual answers that you're used to giving because you're a church attender or you're a follower of Jesus Christ and his principles. You can even be a follower of the life of Christ and still be on your way to hell and you cannot go past go or collect $200. It's impossible. Those of you who have taken the time to get to know our little ministry, you understand that our mission is very simple. It's equipping generations through the mind of humans. Oh, wait a minute. That's not right. It's equipping generations through the minds of educational institutions. No, that's not right. It's equipping generations through self-thinking and self-ideology. No, that's not right. It's equipping generations through the mind of Christ. Now, this is why I put that question in front of us tonight before we actually got rolling on our message. And that is, it is impossible for a follower of Jesus Christ to have the indwelling mind of Jesus Christ living inside you. So your worldview will be Self-actualized knowledge of the holy. We are not called to regurgitate the truths of Jesus Christ. We're not even called to memorize scriptures. I haven't memorized a verse for, I can't even tell you how many years. But I can quote more than my memory can possibly comprehend. 
It's because I'm in the Word and I read the Word and I study the Word and I'm devoted to the written Word. But most significantly, the Word lives within me and that's the life of Jesus Christ. And when the two of those come together, you don't need to replicate or memorize the principles of Jesus Christ. They're released from you. That is, that is a worldview that is worth investing in. Our value is helping members of the body of Christ to experience, mature in, communicate, effectively communicate the message of who the believer is in Christ. The word in is capitalized because we got two key principles approaching us. The first one is this ideology of the mind of Christ. You're going to equip generations with the mind of Christ? How is this possible? The answer is in this. Because we're in Christ, and Christ is in us. And when the two of them have perfect unity and fellowship, there is power. There's so much power there that it is going to be begging to be released through you. Your passivity has to be so incredibly, incredibly strong to stifle the Holy Spirit, which is, by the way, the unpardonable sin. We take the whole movement of the Holy Spirit lightly, or we answer questions so so quickly about the Holy Spirit because we were taught about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one doing the teaching and the Holy Spirit does the teaching by renewing our minds from within. And that is done through representation of the eternal Holy Word. It is the Word that never returns void. The Holy Spirit is the representation of the Word who came to dwell among us so that we may behold His glory is in you. You have everything in you that you will ever, ever need. You have every answer to every worldview issue and question inside of you. You don't need to beg for it. You don't need to memorize it. You don't need to regurgitate it. You don't need to do anything else than surrender. And once you surrender, there's a moving of the spirit inside your mortal body and your mortal mind. And I can guarantee you something. And this guarantee will stand before the living God because it comes from him. But I can guarantee you one simple thing that is going to happen to you. This power of the Spirit is going to bust through all of your fears and phobias and past and present circumstances, fears, rejection, pain, persecution, distress, difficulties, It's going to bust through all of that instantly and pour the life of Jesus Christ out through you to someone who really needs it. 
And if you are claiming to be an indwelled, born-again believer, your needs are very small. Because you have so much already. So the enemy takes those little things and he creates an implosion on the human mind. And that is what stops the movement of the Holy Spirit through indwell believers. His implosion. And without this implosion, he loses. You see, we can't put pressure on Christ followers to get the gospel out to the world. We cannot count on that because there's no spirit of life with it. It's regurgitated education. Only thing that he can count on is indwelt believers who have the Holy Spirit living inside them, thus having the power of God, and who do believe that the Spirit can bust through all of your excuses for not sharing the gospel with the lost world. Who really is in need? Is it you? Or is it someone who is going to hell? Is it someone who is a Christ follower who has this handwritten ticket to heaven believing that they're going to go to heaven because they are a Christ follower and they're going to hell? I believe the greatest percentage of people that are going to go to hell are going to be the people of Laodicea. The oppressed, repressed, suppressed, fearful people. You need to pray that you see the release of the Holy Spirit in your life before you die. I'm not going to take that any further theologically because it will probably scare a few people. But there are so many listeners listening right now that you have that handwritten ticket in your back pocket because you either have several degrees in religion or you have been attending church your entire life or you have convinced yourself of the principles and life of Christ gave you salvation when they did not. The only thing that is going to guarantee your passageway to the eternal life and to be with Jesus for eternity is one simple decision. One simple worldview. So when I sit in my office and I think about Gen Z, this is not just a fun topic to cover in a conference or on Z-Pod or in writings. The endless number of hours that myself and many other writers and communicators are going through at this present time about Gen Z is for them. It's to reach them with a gospel that they have turned off. Where pluralism has become a way of life, a culture, a society. Where conviction of hearing a strong teacher and preacher or reading a strong article is gone. It no longer exists in our culture today. 
So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about cyber dependency with this generation. Now we have had dependency issues as a topic now for over 30 years. There have been statistics given to us on addictions from drugs to alcohol to pornography to now we got cyber dependency. They have a new psychological label. I received two quotes from the Journal of Psychology and I wanted to chase it down to find out if they got a label because they can't be paid with insurance unless there's a label and the label is approved and there is a label for cyber dependency. One of the labels that's associated with cyber dependency is monophobia. It is the fear of losing your device. This has become such a huge problem in our culture today. We're having to have special therapists trained in cyber dependency. Yes, there is a 12-step program for cyber dependency. You see what the world does when they create a label like dependency? They have to support it and sustain it with therapy, worldly solutions to help these people who are actually committing suicide over cyber issues. 2017, suicide with Gen Z went off the charts, if you remember. We sit in the comfort of our own homes, holding our own smartphones, and we forget the reality that is existing in people's lives and in their homes where cyber dependency is killing them, where cyber bullying is getting out of control. We need to talk about that. Here's our three objectives for today. Number one is societal importance of Christianity. Number two is consequences of cyber dependency. And finally, the power of the media. I just went through, I believe, a very clear revelation and imparting this revelation to you about the power of the Holy Spirit. Satan must develop power in the external things or people or cultures or whatever it is that he's going to add to that or he loses. When power is given to an object, the object is going to master you. When the object masters you, it's going to create dependency issues. When dependency issues are created, depression will follow. That's what the world of psychology believes, is the pattern in therapy that keeps their pockets well padded. Keep in mind that power and deception are birthed through an established culture that uses its self-governed words or rhetoric to sell its assumptive conclusions to a naive individual or generation who has no formal worldview. 
The difference between an informal worldview, which most of you have, and a formal worldview is this. An informal worldview means the person is lackadaisy on taking action with their perceived worldview. They're passive. A formal worldview is in concrete. It is immovable. It has established a system of itself that if you fronted that person, they could defend it. Clearly defend it and explain it and advance it to the next person. They could be one of these people who are passing on their rhetoric, their self-thinking and self-established beliefs in their worldview. And having the millennial generation, which is statistically proven, purposely detached from their parents and their grandparents, brought Christianity's influence on society to a screeching halt. Now, if for 2,000 years Christianity had such an influence on society, what is going to happen now that it is not? That's the question that you must ask yourself and others. To control the future, the present generation has to do what they call historical revisionism. There are schools in California that actually teach their students that Hitler's Holocaust never existed. A fact that doesn't seem to bother too many people today. That movement has spread throughout the world that there are many millennial believers in this lie that the Holocaust never took place. I'm telling you this because you need to understand that historical revisionism is occurring today on Christianity's impact, Jesus's impact on culture. Within one generation, what you just viewed with this video is going to be considered foreign matter. Lies. This is what we are facing today with a generation that now has been detached from our parents and grandparents. It's going to force the church into passivity. They're going to quit trying. And that's what I keep addressing with you folks. This ridiculous modality is affecting you. It's affecting me. It's affecting our children and our grandchildren. Passivity is moving in faster than we can even gather statistics on. Here's another great quote from the Journal of Individual Psychology. The difference between Gen Z cyber bullies and the bullies of other generations 
is that Generation Z no longer sees the immediate physical consequences of or immediate feedback from these maladjusted behaviors. Because the Internet provides the safety, it's hidden. It is kept from us. It's kept from them. And plus, their ways of battling these cyber bullies is not even realistic. They typically enhance their image to create fear reactions in cyberbullying, not realizing possibly the person who's doing the cyberbullying is tracking them. They're going to discover more and more cyber reasons connected to the higher rates of kidnapping with children in this generation. This is all part of cyberbullying. It's not just someone from their friend is sending you text messages in a bully fashion trying to make you fear them or feel bad. Cyberbullying covers a very broad arena. From hacking your devices all the way down to sending you nasty things. The instance, they go on to say, the instant and impulsive nature of the Internet bullying is a phenomenon entirely unique to Generation Z youth, and it allows for socially disinterested behaviors to proliferate in ways we have never seen before. This is brand new. This is a new deal. Let's take a look at our next diagram. Kids rely on electronic devices, 64% playing video games. Now, here's the problem with this. Even though that's the largest number, and it seems to be harmless because it's just games, statistics are telling us that these video games are based on Demonics, which is a new word that has been coined to describe demonic activity on devices. They're called demonics. Now, when the world is grabbing a hold of words to describe what's going on and that they're in the Bible to describe some form of evil, you know they're paying attention to what is happening to these kids. So here you have demonics, and cyborging as the two things that they are concerned about inside these games. So you'll have demonic images or combat warfare or whatever the game is, it'll have demonics in there in some fashion. Christians are no longer reacting to this. They're playing it with their children. Cyborging, we've already had a special message on cyborging, but those who are new to our listening audience, cyborging is the blending of machines with man by making use of DNA. There are real experimental cyborg humans walking the earth today, I can assure you. Cyborging is exaggerated and taken to these degrees of integrating demonics into the cyborging, where you have evil 
cyborging creatures, sometimes from other planets, and sometimes it's just some guy where his machine went bad and he becomes a mass killer on the earth. Sixty-seven percent of Hollywood's movies integrate demonics and cyborging. Something's going on, folks. 41% do their homework on their devices. The problematic ethics is it's based on open-ended worldview. So they're putting in a question about something they're supposed to be researching from school, and I, I just doubt that a crisis life worldview is going to pop up on that search engine. They're going to see the most intelligent way to explain their homework assignment. It is a huge problem. This arena of worldview is free and available and will actually help them advance in education. Problematic ethics is it's open-ended. 35% using other types of entertainment. And another problematic ethic here is that it's based on peer trending and market trends. So if you're just grabbing a little entertainment on your device and you're just putting in a search word, trending works this way. We capture the top buzzwords used on the Internet and we put them behind our images. And we market them. And the one who has the most tagged images wins. That's how it works. Same with your shopping. It's how it works. This is what they're exposed to. So whoever is controlling the trends can control that culture. 34% chatting with friends and family. Well, that's based on relational and and peer cloning. It's people-pleasing. That's what statistics is showing us, that we have a full generation of people-pleasers while they maintain their independence. 30% using social media. And, of course, that is also based on open-ended worldview, and literally on peer trending. You can sell glasses, shirts, shoes, jewelry, and a list of about a 100 other million items to these youth because of trending. If everyone's starting to wear orange at school, then I better go get an orange shirt. And then finally, 28% reading on their devices. That's, honestly, I thought that number would be much higher. But I also understand that the ability to read for Gen Z has been the lowest of any generation yet. So reading is not a big deal. But those who do reading, 28%, it is self-governed interests. It's not something their parents have asked them to read necessarily, or grandparents. We really can't say parental management and control 
through the millennials because those are the ones that fell down on the job on parenting. So we can't even do good parental statistics with millennials and their children. We have really entered into a very weird phase of life. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.